Hey there, folks. Welcome to episode 26 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. My name is Rob Woods, and this is the show for anyone who works in charity fundraising and who wants ideas for how to raise more money, really enjoy their job, and make a bigger difference, even during the pandemic. And if you're the leader of a fundraising team and you're looking for ideas to help your colleagues keep learning during these difficult times, then I hope you're going to find today's episode interesting. Because today I'm sharing an interview that I did with a very smart, proactive fundraising manager named Stevie Nicholson, who's an area fundraising manager at Diabetes UK. And we're going to focus on a particular strategy that she and her colleagues have implemented to boost morale and improve learning across the fundraising department. In this session, Stevie explains how her strategy came about, the difference it's made for her colleagues, how she made it less time-consuming to prepare, and four practical steps she recommends to anyone who wants to try something similar. I found Stevie's proactive, hands-on approach really inspiring, and I hope you find it helpful too. This episode of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast is brought to you by the Bright Spot Members Club. As a practical alternative to one-off conferences and courses whose impact can fade all too quickly, the Members Club is an online resource that gives you ongoing access to a whole library of video training courses, monthly coaching webinars and live training events. It's all designed to help you learn, enjoy your job and raise more money. To join the 300 fundraisers already in the club, or just to find out more, go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk. Stevie Nicholson, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Rob. How are you? Very well, thank you. I've had a good day in a relatively good week, um, so I'm I'm feeling fortunate during these difficult times. How's it for you juggling, you know, homeschooling, childcare, uh, all your professional responsibilities? How's that working out for you? Um, interesting. Biggest challenge yet. Being teacher and full-time worker is definitely a new challenge, but um, one we are desperately trying to overcome. Well done. As long as we're just hanging in there, I think a lot of the time that's just good enough to to do well enough on both fronts. Uh, So Stevie, I've uh, known you for a a few months and, and had the pleasure of working with you for Uh, three or four months through the Corporate Mastery Programme. Let me get your title right. You are Area Fundraising Manager for Community Fundraising for Diabetes UK. Uh, And so I've met you via the Corporate Mastery Programme you're on and the Bright Spot Members Club that you uh, access as part of that. And you mentioned to me recently um, how you've been using some of the things I teach through that programme and through the podcast and the members club, you've been very proactive in realising there's an opportunity to help your colleagues at Diabetes UK keep learning and that that's really been working out for you and your colleagues have been loving it too. So I wanted to record a short podcast to find out a little bit more about what you've been doing, how it's been working out, just in case uh, people who listen to this podcast could could see a version of that that, that they could do for themselves in their own charity especially while everyone is in lockdown. So just to, to start the story, do you want to tell me uh, what you said to me yesterday as to how this idea started and what you did? 
Absolutely. So I think it just came off the back of attending your course and feeling, um, you know, so engaged and inspired to move forward um, that I wanted to share that knowledge um, with the with my own team, but equally with the rest of the fundraising um, team um, within Diabetes UK. Um, so on the back of that, um, I got together with a couple of other colleagues that are attending your course um, and we put together a presentation to deliver um, some of the content from your course. Um, and we knew we had to do that virtually, so we did. Um, and we put together a great, quite short presentation of around an hour, um, just going through some of the content, for instance, idea generation sessions. So batting around different ideas of how we can engage our supporters in this time where fundraising wasn't the key of everyone's mind um, and equally where people were struggling to find an alternative to their fundraising. Um, so they wanted to keep engaged with the charity but not quite sure how to support us. Um, so we wanted to do a session on that um, and equally um, just really encourage speaking to one another, sharing wow moments, um, creating and um, creating a folder for our stories, so regional stories about how we're engaging with our supporters, what the outcome was, and sharing that within a central drive so that everyone has access to it. Because we realised in the back of this um, session that we didn't have anything that was easy to grab hold of that was very relevant um, to each of our regions. So we wanted to put that together. Okay, so well done. So in particular, one of the the bits of content from my course you, you saw was valuable was the, the story content and how useful it is for all fundraisers to have more real examples at their fingertips. So as I understand it, you you put together a, 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 a mini presentation, a, a highlights session from that content, and you taught it on virtually to your teams, uh, your colleagues at Diabetes UK. And how was the response? Yeah, so that's exactly what we did, Rob. Um, and the response was fantastic. So people really got on board with the storytelling and getting excited behind the stories that they had to share and equally really wanted to share them um, and loved the idea of putting it together so that we all could use them when speaking to our supporters. And they were very real to us because they were coming from our peers and from each other. Um, so that's that's what we did there. Um, and fundraising um, fundraisers were so excited for doing that and equally shared that um, they would find that really helpful in their day-to-day -day jobs especially in this current climate to share those stories to keep our supporters engaged. Great so well done for taking action and realizing now more than ever under pressure we need to find a way to keep learning keep adapting keeping improving our technique as fundraisers but then secondly I, I understand that you got such a positive response that you felt that you couldn't just do a one-off and you needed to do more. So, so what was your next step? Yeah, so it was a snowball effect. So it went so well and the feedback was so well received that people wanted more of the content from the course and wanted some more ideas and wanted to come together to discuss something different to the current pandemic and various different other things that are going on. So, um, yeah, it would seem a shame to stop there. So then what we decided to do is come together and think of new ways of keeping up the momentum of the training and um, some of the content of your course in particular. Um, so then what we decided to do was what would be a really simple way of keeping the momentum going um, and what we came up with is by using your podcasts um, so we had a look at the podcasts that were available um, and looking at the content um, and then set up um, 
an invite virtually to listen to those podcasts. So a podcast once a week, listen to it or everyone set that time aside. It's in everybody's diaries. And then straight after we all reconvened in a um, virtual room to discuss um, the highlights and the topics that were discussed in that and how we could as a charity move forward with that content. Fantastic. I think one thing that's smart about this is when learning doesn't work very well, uh, it's when we're a bit rushed and we read a book or we go on a course and we so we hear a new idea or a new example or a new way of working. But so often we don't pause and in a deliberate, structured way, reflect on it and decide how to implement. So as I understand it, a, a, a simple thing you're making easier for your colleagues is a you're getting them some content that you believe was helpful and then crucially b you're then putting in that virtual meeting directly after it in which anyone could just think through out loud the two or three ideas they've got based on that that they could implement so 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 they're more likely to get a good idea for how it could apply in their world but also to then make a decision for something to actually take action on I think that's the step of the learning loop that often gets missed if we just rush from listen to something, read something, read a blog, and then go straight back to work. We never actually make a decision and adapt a new idea to how it could help us do our fundraising. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of getting everyone together to listen to it and then equally putting um, that separate session in straight up afterwards to speak about it and make a clear action of how you can move forward um, and equally get excited about how you can move forward after listening to it. Because now more than ever, um, people are encouraged to listen to podcasts and to do training. But, you know, how are we doing that and how successful is it and how are we measuring the results of doing that to make it feel worthwhile our time? And I think there's something special in all listening to the same thing and going along with the same action at the end. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's been fantastic to do that. And equally, we've had some great successes of it. Oh, right. So I was gathering this. It's picked up a kind of a, a momentum there and it wouldn't have done that if it was just a nice to have. Do you want to tell me a couple of examples of how you know it's making a difference? Yeah, so we've had some really great examples. So we've had a few sessions now and we're going to continue putting those in there. Um, but if I was to share a couple of examples with you, um, one of which was um, one of the fundraisers um, on the back of listening to um, podcasts between you and Ben, um, decided that actually they were going to be braver, they were going to be bolder, and they were going to pick up the phone and they were going to re-engage with a supporter, a corporate supporter that they'd had in the past. Um, and on the back of that, they have agreed to work with us um, with a partnership that's worth £5,000, which she believes she wouldn't have got hadn't she had it in the back of her mind to be braver and just take that step and action it now rather than later. Fantastic. So congratulations, Stevie. No wonder your directors are so positive about the fact that you've taken this initiative and, and it's actually a, a thing that's proactively your organisation is doing to, to help your whole organisation step up and keep being bold during quite a difficult time. If you're getting results like that, I wanted this to be a relatively short podcast, but do you want to share just, just one more example that gives you a sense that it's, it's, it's having an impact? Yeah, so um, this is non-financial um, success, but equally as important. Um, so another um, really great um, come up, come back off that was um, 
one of our supporters had made a call um, and just decided that they were just going to, again, rather than send an email that lands in an inbox that's never ending, um, just pick up the phone and speak to a supporter. Um, and that particular supporter said that it made their day as it was the first person they'd spoken to um, at all that week. Um, and it just, yeah, just brightened up her day, brightened up the supporter's day um, and equally made us all smile. So, yeah, I think that was a really good success off the back. Well, that's absolutely brilliant. And it is exactly what Ben and I were talking about in episode 19 of this podcast is that um lots of these calls are not going to lead to money they shouldn't even be about money they they are about reaching out and caring with people who have been good to our organization and cared about our cause and if that's the reason you call a you'll find it's so much easier to congruently and confidently pick up the phone and, and b so importantly you, you'll be able to tell People are pleased to hear from you. You genuinely are caring about them. And in that that connection, in that moment that you did a good thing that day, I think it's it's really hard to put the phone down and not be more buoyed up than before you made that call. And I think right now there is no resource more important to people who work for charities right now than our morale. Obviously, money is important. Obviously, delivering services on the front line is important. But step one is is if we're feeling really down for understandable reasons, it's so hard to raise money or deliver frontline services. So anything that a charity is doing proactively, deliberately, in, in terms of, a, of a, an organized process like you're doing that increases the morale of its teams, I think has to be good, not only for ourselves, but also for the beneficiaries that we serve. And I think that was the other thing I really liked about your strategy, which is that Right now, understandably, many people are having some difficult days. You know, one's mojo might not be as strong with all this pressure and and these worries that many of us have. One of the things that can help a person feel more hope, feel more optimistic, feel better about themselves and about life is if they feel they're learning. They they feel like they're making some kind of progress. They're not completely stuck and powerless. And I think a reason your initiative is you know, week on week has really picked up for Diabetes UK, is you're creating that one hour where as many of your colleagues as possible are are, are being given help to do some learning. So A, that's going to help their fundraising, but B, it can't, if, if nothing else, it's going to help their sense of morale for the rest of the day. And secondly, you know, sooner or later, this lockdown and the other difficulties are going to, to fade away, let's hope, we have to presume. Whether that's weeks or months, we need to, as well as solve the short term problems, we need to be proactively preparing ourselves so that you know we're learning and our skills are sharp and our confidence is in a position so that when it's easier to do more face to face fundraising and other proactive things, my view is if if we're finding time in each week to do some learning, we're more likely to be ready to really do that and do it well. Whereas if we succumb and just try and only firefight, I think it's going to be harder than ever when life uh, gets back to normal for us to be at our best. I, I don't know if that's part of your view of, of why this is really working for your charity. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, more than ever, um, you know, people's well-being are paramount to um, successful fundraising and, you know, continuing to work. And I think 
that's the beauty of it. Everyone coming together um, to share their ideas and to be engaged and to go out there and speak to their supporters and feel like they're part of um, making a difference, especially in this current climate to the charity is, is so important. And it's definitely the feedback we've received and just feeling like part of one you know one team it's brought our teams closer together so rather than working in silo in different regions we've come together better um, than ever to come up with these great ideas and learn and learn together in unity which is great um and yeah and equally um we've never had as much sharing um, in terms of sharing successes um, and sharing all the great things that we're doing and great stories we've got that most of the time in our normal day-to-day jobs in the normal world shall we say we might not have shared and probably wouldn't have done but now those stories they mean so much and they pick you up where we're looking for stories to pick us up they are doing that and it's it's just brilliant fantastic and i guess that's the, the closing of the learning loop whereby you need not only a new idea that inspires you to want to think differently you have time to reflect on it and work out if you're going to apply it and if so how then someone needs to take action. And then crucially, they need, they need to reflect again and uh, reflect for themselves on what they learned and or share it back into the system so that as a, as a team, as an organisation, you get smarter. The fact that you've, you're including that extra bit of the loop where they can share those victories back within your hourly session, I think that's a, a really smart thing that you're doing because it's those extra new examples that, you know, if someone hears that example you told me, of someone whose day was made because they made a call or someone who got a £5,000 partnership because they found a way to pick up the phone, the resharing of those what I would call bright spot examples has a magical impact on our own belief that it's worth keeping going even when times are hard. So I love the fact that you've included that bit in your system. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing, you know, um, everyone's really feeling that at the moment. And now, why wouldn't we take that time to share, to work together, to learn new things and prepare ourselves for, you know, for the future, for, you know, different challenges we're going to have ahead. Um, And if we can come together to learn and to think of new ways to work together, um, then why wouldn't we do that? And um, I said I was going to try and keep this call relatively short so let's not go into detail but I loved what you were you were telling me yesterday about how one of these sessions helped you and your colleagues to to think medium term long term to to start working out ideas for the autumn and ideas for what you're going to do this Christmas in a way that probably would just wouldn't have happened had you not had the stimulus of the the initial stuff you were listening to or you were learning from. Uh, If someone's listening to this and they've already enjoyed a couple of podcast episodes or or they're a loyal subscriber and they're thinking, okay, well, maybe I could do a version of what Stevie has done for my little team or large department, even if they're now relatively obvious to you, could you just make clear two or three of the tips that you've learned from making this work so that we can make it that bit more likely that that a listener can can follow your example yeah i mean i think the first step is is just be brave and go for it and do it so first point of call is just go right okay i'm gonna 
put this together for, like you say, my team or my wider team. I'm going to put the time in the diary. I'm, you know, just going to put it in there. I'm not going to worry too much about, oh, who can do what and 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 timings. I would just put it in there um, for a reasonable time that people can join. Um, I would then make sure that the content is relevant. So the podcast that yourself do, Rob, um, look at that, look at the descriptions, make sure it fits um, within your organization or within your team so that's really going to resonate with the team so that they're going to get something from it. Um, put that time in there and definitely, definitely put the additional time in there to reconvene, to discuss the content and any highlights and equally put in some actions. So um, if, for instance, you do an idea generation session, um, what does that look like? Um, are you going to create a folder? Are you going to come back the next week and discuss um, how you're going to move those things forward? So kind of always had a measure um, at the end of how you're going to measure the success of the calls um, and equally keep getting feedback from your team. If they like it or what they need to change um, and let it adapt as you grow and you keep learning fantastic thank you so much for making time at short notice to record this uh, it's it's really re-inspired me that these ideas are kind of spreading more and more because people like you are proactively doing this kind of thing and best of luck with your whatever fundraising challenges you're, you're facing for the rest of the week stay safe but for now Thank you ever so much for, for joining us for this quick episode of the podcast. Oh, no. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you for everything you and Bright Spot are doing. Thank you so much, Stevie. Stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So there you go. I hope you found Stevie's story interesting. And perhaps it even got you thinking about ways you could help your colleagues to keep learning by trying something similar with fundraising content that you find useful. If you liked the episode and want to make sure you don't miss future ones, please remember to subscribe to the podcast today. If you'd like more ideas to help you succeed during the pandemic, then I'd love for you to make use of my new ebook, Power Through the Pandemic, which gives seven key strategies to help you raise money, even now, through major donors, corporates and trusts. You can download it for free from brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash power. And if you found our discussion helpful, I'd be really grateful if you could take a moment to share it on with your colleagues or on social media. Stevie and I are both on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter at at Woods underscore Rob. Finally, thank you so much for listening today. I know it's not easy to find time and space to keep learning and indeed helping others learn when you're under pressure and I hope you found it useful. Until the next time, stay safe and good luck with all your efforts to make a positive difference. Music